in a world of shit. Well, I just want to say happy Monday to you. Hope you had a good weekend. Hope everything's well, as always I do. Prayers for you and your loved ones and all those who seek salvation through Jesus Christ. I pray that this be the day that you find it. So somewhere from the American desert, this is the show Let's Talk, and my name is Mike. The episode today is called New World Disorder. That's what I'm calling it anyways. And um, the opening, Eddie Van Halen with Eruption. And then those of you who are good Marines will know that little sound clip that came after that. You'll know what it's from. If not... It's from the movie Full Metal Jacket. Anyways, we are in a world of hurt. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, things are escalating at a, 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 a just this phenomenal pace, you know, and it's just like anything when it comes to how they play their game and how they move their cards. Let me tell you something. It You know, just a heartbeat away from any number of things that could be the catalyst into, uh, you know, well, an escalation of the uh, <clears throat> hostilities going on over there in the Ukraine. And, you know, really, that's not the only place in the world where hostilities are, you know, happening, you know, war sort of thing. There's many countries, some been at war for years. Well, I guess we have two, right, over there in Afghanistan and whatnot. The point of that was what? Oh, yeah, that's right, oil. And if you don't believe that, you better look up and see. So, anyways... Welcome to the show. Glad to have you. Before I forget, uh, the email address, if you want to correspond, is letstalkmike1 at gmail.com. Let's talk M-I-K-E, the number one, at gmail.com. Dear Heavenly Father, we cannot ever totally understand everything and why, but it happens with your purpose, Lord. You, O oh Lord, set the pace. You, my God in heaven, are king of kings. And I just thank you so much that you reveal these things to us in due time that we may continue to be prepared and be ready. I thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen, our first scripture today, Psalms 119, verse 105, and it says this, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So there you go. So, you know, the word of God, it's given the analogy there or whatever that, you know, in the darkness of the world, you know, all the sin that we walk through and, and see and hear and so forth and so on, in that darkness... The word of God is a lamp, and God himself is a light unto our path, so we don't have to be blind. Now listen, this is, a, this is pretty, this is serious, as the girl said in the movie Signs. That I, you know, we went to see, sorry, but we went to see that movie years ago when it first came out, and we were at a drive-in. And so anyways, <laughs> this drive-in, what a classic case. The speaker system in the drive-in, for some reason or another, didn't work. 
and they didn't even have speakers on the polls anymore. But they still had the polls. So that was nostalgic. Anyways, so you went there, and you turned your, tuned your radio to this certain station, and that would be the where you would hear the movie. And if because you ran your battery dead doing that with your radio, they had a tr- couple of pickup trucks would go around at the end of the movie jumping your battery for you. Fortunately for us, we were smart about it. We sat outside on some lawn chairs in front of our vehicle and just let the fact that everybody in the place is playing it, we heard it perfectly. Anyways, there's a scene where Mel Gibson comes back from that vet's house and um, he had encountered the alien. So he comes in and there sits the little girl and his son and his brother, and they all got these uh, tinfoil cone. They made like tinfoil cone hats out of aluminum foil. And he's got this look on his face like, what is this? And the little girl, it's so cute, she points to the thing on her head, and she goes, this is serious. It was just really, the tinfoil, I guess, on your head like that kept them from reading your thoughts. Anyways, let's move along. I want to make a case here and now before it might actually happen. Again, I'm no prophet. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how things are going to play out exactly and so forth and so on. Um, You know, so, but with that being said, this may, after all, um, may just be exactly what they say it is. All right? Now, prepping... For World War III, is that what we're getting ready for? Because U.S. soldiers in low-flying choppers conduct a realistic, realistic urban combat training over San Diego. As residents have reported, though, they're hearing bomb-like booms. Now, San Diego, if you don't know, is is, uh, home to Camp Pendleton, which is a marine, uh, very large marine base. And also a, a navy, a naval det- attachment, and whatnot. Um, so the interesting thing is, living that close to the base, but why are they like suddenly concerned about these large booms? All right, with these military choppers flying very low over their neighborhoods. Now the city, you know, again of San Diego has long been known as a hub of military activity, but again, and I'm repeating it, but I want you to understand it. The residents were a bit shocked by some of these choppers, okay? So they took the social media to report these loud booms along with the choppers throughout the week. Now, I I got video, well, you can't see it, but I saw video, let's put it that way, of these choppers and so forth, and sure enough, man, they're right over the neighborhoods. All right, and they're right low, right low. Now, according to the United States Army, they were conducting realistic environment training in the California city. And apparently Camp Pendleton had warned people in the city that this training would be going on. The point of me saying this, I want to make clear. 
Just prior to 9-11, the military was conducting training and drilling for an airline attack, a takeover, or a hijacking scenario. Just prior to 9-11. You got to ask yourself the question, please don't be naive. Is something on its way? Or maybe, is it here? But I'm saying this because I'm saying this, the next story. If you haven't heard, China technically has invaded our sovereign airspace. They have also invaded our territory, our country itself. Do you hear that? Apparently, they floated a, a, a spy balloon, a spy balloon. But this balloon is ginormous. It, you know, it's no small thing. And this thing actually floated around the world. The people of Montana got pictures of it and everything, which is really the reason why Washington finally had to say something about it. Because the governor of Montana, well, rightfully so, was throwing a fit that this thing had made it as far as it did. I mean, it's coming from China. Right? This is insane. This is insane. Now China's saying that it was a weather balloon or something like that, and it just drifted off course. But on the other side of the coin, the Pentagon is saying, well, we've known about this kind of technology for a while, and so forth and so on, and it's really pretty advanced, and so forth and so on. So finally, um, you know, our military took care of it. But Mark Rubio said that, that this balloon appearance was purposefully planned to appear in U.S. airspace just days ahead of Secretary um, of State Anthony Blinken's trip to China. Now, Mark, Marco Rubio is on the Senate Intelligence Committee, so they kind of have a better insight on things, you know, with this in regards to this sort of situation. So now the infamous spy balloon, Rubio says, was a message to the world from Beijing that they do not view the U.S. as a mega power anymore. Now, do you remember a few shows back, I told you, I mentioned to you this particular scenario, and I also mentioned it many shows ago, and I brought it up over, off and on since the first time, that the world, world powers that are, quote-unquote, our enemies, will sense immediately Biden's weakness to, you know, make the right decision at the right time. And I said to you, you got a couple of different scenarios here. You got Russia and the Ukraine, you got China, or you got North Korea. Well, as it turns out, Russia is the first one, and we are involved. Now China's done this. I can't express strongly enough the seriousness of the fact 
that this balloon not only floated over several other countries on its way here, but it floated across our country. Biden knew about it like two weeks ago. Well, what were you waiting for, Joe? I mean, come on. That'd be like seeing a Japanese warplane in World War II circling around Pearl Harbor. Well, what in the Sam Hill is he doing here? And, you know, and then just letting him fly off. The area they flew over in Montana contains probably our greatest and most significant nuclear arsenal. You can't imagine the outrage that I feel right now that because of this idiot, I don't, you know what? I wish I could cuss and swear and yell. Because of him, this is how the world sees us. No longer a power. You need to stay focused on this. You need to make sure, you know, that you don't let this uh, sneak away from your surveillance, so to speak. All right? This thing was surveilling strategic sites in our country. They tried to hide it from us. Representative Nicole Milio take us, man, I just butchered that. Anyway, she said the same thing. Violates international law and threatens our homeland. Nothing short of it. Nothing short of it. This is like an attack. I mean, what if it was an EMP balloon? Electronic magnetic pulse. Look that up and see what that'll do. That'll knock every form of communications out for like forever. It totally shuts down the electric grid and anything else. You know, I mean, this is who's running Washington. These are the ones in charge, right? We, quote, unquote, rely on them for our safety and so forth and so on, our secure homes. This is unreal. And Biden treats it like it's no big deal. (laughs) Anyway, please help me. Lord, help me. Better stay focused on this one, people. Let's do another scripture. How's that? Luke chapter 6. Luke was a physician who, my understanding is, wrote the book. He wrote the book of Luke and the book of Acts. Um... He was like an observer or a witness. He's not listed as one of the apostles. But his relating the story is compelling, you know, because he's seeing it like standing on the outside looking in. So Luke chapter 6, Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, And when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. 
Rejoice ye in that day, and leap for joy, for, behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets, and not only unto the prophets, but look what they were plotting to do to Jesus, right, which they accomplished. So when we find ourselves as new Christians being hated, and this could be by anybody, you know, strangers, friends, or family, they hate us, they don't want to be around us anymore, they blaspheme or, you know, slander our name and reputate, all that kind of stuff. The scriptures tell us to rejoice because if it's for the sake of Christ, your reward in heaven is great. So here's the story. I remember years ago, I think it was in New York City, there was a commercial. So Jerry, what's the story? It was for an electronic storm. So looking at the World Economic Forum, there's no normalcy within those who are drawn to world conquest and world revolution. That's just not like a normal course of events or behaviors. Sympathizers, you know, they're drawn to the ordinary members and they build their ranks. Think of those, say, in the Republican Party. Did you know that they're members of the World Economic Forum in the Republican Party? You want to know who they are? Well, bottom line, I'm going to tell you just one name. Kevin McCarthy. That's right, Speaker of the House. He attends every World Economic Forum meeting. And he actually has had dinner with Klaus Schwab. Of course, there's numerous, these Stalinist Democrat Party politicians. They're also members. And these people, whether they're Republican or Democrat, doesn't matter. You know what they are? They're traitors to the country. And they're traitors to their oath of office. I've told you several times that it doesn't matter in the end, Republican or Democrat. They're all in the game together. One time somebody said people would have felt more comfortable with Trump telling them, you know, to worship the Antichrist or something like that than they would be with somebody like Joe Biden. Trump just had a way of putting you at ease, you know, and making it seem okay, so to speak, or whatever, however you want to put it. The point is, they're just as guilty as those at the top, all right? Just as guilty because they know what the bottom line is. Now, the two men that are leading these nation states into the world of complete dystopian domination over the masses, of course, is Carl Schwab and his top advisor, Yuval Noah Harari. The thing is, those who sit on the board of this towering, tyrannical ab abomination and what they have planned for us are the same players who have been at it for decades. And, and mark my words, if you check their memberships and their policies and so forth like that, this is not new to them. This is the goal that's been the goal. It's not anything changed. 
The only thing that changes or um, doesn't exactly materialize as far as their goals and what they're doing is concerned is because God doesn't allow it yet. But you see, I'm going to tell you something. Just like with the story about China and this balloon thing, and these people trying to, you know, turn our country into this socialist, communist, one-world entity with no power or authority of our own. You see, that's the thing, too. you got to remember something. This, this agenda includes the loss of your freedom of speech. We've already seen it in Biden's. People going to school boards, you know, speaking their minds, and now we're called terrorists. People who believe, as I do, as a Christian and or a patriot, we're terrorists. So, you know, they're squashing freedom of speech. So these people and their agenda is for one goal. One goal. So whether it happens today or tomorrow, the deal is the situation seems to bear out they're moving forward. And you know what? They're moving forward because God's letting them move forward. You know, in the Old Testament, there's several occasions where Israel, so this is after Abraham, because Abraham was the father of the Jewish people, that uh, after they returned from Egypt, after 400 years of serving the Egyptians, you know, they received the law and so forth from God on Mount Sinai. And so now they know and understand what's right and what's wrong and behaviors and so forth. And God tells them quite plainly, follow these rules and follow these laws and worship me as your only God, because, you know, of course, he is the only God. And you will have blessings. You'll live in peace and so forth and so on. Well, every doggone time, <laughs> and it happened several times, that Israel decided they knew better or they wanted different, so forth. God warned them, warned them time and time again, if you don't turn from your ways, if you don't amend your way, if you don't repent of this behavior, and his punishment to them was other countries came and conquered them. And took away all their blessings and all their booty and everything else. In fact, when the Babylonians conquered them, the Babylonians actually destroyed the temple where <laughs> the exact footprint where it sat was unknown. And then after the rejection of Jesus Christ, the Savior, as the Messiah... In 70 AD, the Romans literally just, I mean, gone, absolutely gone, the temple, because they had built another one. You see, the warning shots are being fired across the bow multiple times by our Lord God. He's warning us every single way he can, any way he can find, to sound the alarm so that we listen and hear and turn from our sin. Now, I'm not guaranteeing you that the world or any country in particular is going to turn from their sin and, of course, you know, receive the blessings instead of the, the anger and the curse from God or even their destruction from God, all right, through the use of another country. 
But really most important is what's your relationship because that's where it starts. Yeah, wouldn't it be great like, you know, would uh, Jonah going into Nineveh and warning them and they repented like there was no tomorrow from the king on down to the lowest servant. Well, of course, you know, later on in time, they turned back again and so they were destroyed. But anyway, just remember, it starts with an individual and that individual is you. So, you know, there's no, for those who are afflicted, there's no shortage of fuel for our worry and anxiety. You know, I could, I mean, you could make a list, as you know, they say a, a list a mile long, you know, and what exactly would be the biggest worry? Who knows? You know, today it's this, tomorrow it's that. Yesterday it was something else. And even if we don't personally ourselves face any quote-unquote trials or tribulations at the moment, we got to remember those who are. We, There's no way you can call yourself a Christian or even a humanitarian for that matter and not see and be concerned about what you're seeing. The homelessness, the poverty, the decaying of our cities and towns due to political, you know, forces. And there doesn't seem any way to stop them. I mean, every time you turn around, they got another rule or law they're coming up with. And we're going farther and farther into a decline. I'll bet you in the annals of history, the fall of this country, which we're witnessing before our very eyes, is going to be listed as one of the greatest tragedies in the history of mankind since Adam and Eve. I wouldn't doubt it. So what do we have? Well, you got job losses, record unemployment, you know, hyperinflation. This is, I mean, what is it, $8 for a dozen eggs or more? People, especially men and heads of households, worry about paying bills. And that's not uncommon. But due to the situation in the world and in their lives, that worry has be- become, well, it's not healthy. <laughs> it's not, oh, excuse me, it's not healthy. Because it's, listen, it, it's just, it's not about paying your credit card debt or what are your cold card or, you know, something Well, believe it or not, trivial is that. This is about putting food on the table. This is about heating their homes. Speaking of which, look at this cold spell just went through this country. That Look at, that's not normal. Jesus said these kinds of things would happen at the end times. These weather patterns, they're not normal. And now, just for what it's worth, there's a comet flying through here. I think I think I read it, it eighty thousand years. Or I mean, this is, you know, things like that. <laughs> Signs in the heavens. That's what Jesus says on Earth. God says when He created the the heavens, He says for times and seasons. Well, what time is it? Really, think about that. 
And if you think for one minute that these people, like with the Economic Forum or the Bilderberg, any of those people, are so-called government leaders, are out for your welfare and well-being, stop it. Don't be so naive to believe for one minute that they got your your best intentions at their heart. I mean, that's the equivalent of Satan telling you, you know, like he did Jesus, worship me and all this is yours when he showed him all the kingdoms of the world. That was kind of an, you got to be kidding me, right, Satan? I'm king of king and lord of lords. It's all mine anyways. <laughs> but see, the thing is, it'd be like Satan promising you paradise in the end if you worship him and so forth and so on and don't worry about Jesus and all that kind of stuff. And in the end, you're burning forever in hell. Plain and simple, people. Don't let don't ever let there be any doubt in your mind. Hell is as real as uh, I don't know what how to make an example. Anyways, and these these government leaders, like I was saying earlier, with the likes of Kevin McCarthy and anybody else in the Republican Party, and or the Democratic Party. These are the people amongst these higher-ups who have deliberately orchestrated, literally, literally again, sorry the word, crisis after crisis for American citizens as a means of nothing short of control. Look at what happens after a crisis. Control, control, control. There's a shooting. Get rid of guns. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> How about we get rid of the criminals first? Real people, everybody, real people are being hurt by these cronies of the agenda of the end times. Real people, mom and dads, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, friends and family all over, and even the stranger. They, they are many of them at their wit's end as what to do. They don't any longer know where to turn. And some of them, they've become so destitute and so hurt, they don't even know how to ask for help anymore. The actions of these politicians and corporate people and so forth and whatnot, they're the ones that are responsible, but they're not held accountable. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? You see, the good thing with God is all people are going to be held responsible. Jesus says the light is going to shine on everybody. There's no getting away from it. And I don't mean to sound... Um, yeah, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Prideful or selfish or, I can't think of the word, I'm sorry. That I'm born again and, and you know, I'm not going to see that judgment. That doesn't make me any better, bigger, brighter or anything else. That just means I chose God. God called, I answered. Well, I answered yes, because some people, well, you know, they answer no. 
So we got all these threats. And we got so many people, unfortunately, that are ready to just give up their freedoms. They give it up in exchange for Big Brother's promise to make it all better. Remember after 9-11? Remember all the promises? Now, how long we've been over there fighting for what? We know, we know, this is not conjecture. This is not just flippant, well, I think I have a good idea, blah, blah. No, we know that big government and socialism is not the answer. Never has been, never will be. But see, now we worry more. Because what is the answer? Where is the Where do we turn? I mean, if not for the sake of ourselves, then for our children and grandchildren, for our neighbors, the stranger, we should be concerned about all these people. Give up your selfish, self-centered idea of yourself and think of others. Doesn't the scripture tell us, do unto others? Even karma, right? What goes around comes around. You can't get away from it. Your choice is all our choice, everybody. Our choices in this world, in this life, can either come and bite us in the behind at the end or pat us on the back as the Lord says, good job, my faithful servant, welcomes us into the kingdom. Choice is yours. But the key is you got to know these are not fairy tales that I tell you about. These are not just some ideas I come up with off the top of my head. These are things that have actually been talked about for decades. Again, these individuals driving this machine are like in the in, ingrained so much with accomplishing this task that regardless of the amount of time it takes, they know in their heart of hearts that they participated in whatever way to make it so. You know what I mean? So they're, they're not going to change. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. Too late for that. So you better get on the ball. I'm going to read you a scripture. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are more value than many sparrows. So Jesus is saying, that's in Matthew chapter 10. Jesus is saying, you know, you sell the bird, you get money for it, so forth. It's just a thing, right? You think. But listen, that's God's creation. And Jesus says, not one of them shall fall that God doesn't know about it. And then he goes on to tell us how important we are to the point where every hair on our head are numbered. And he assures us, listen, you're of more value than many sparrows. You see the love God has? So New World Disorder, that's what I called the show. In a way, you got to be honest, that seems like where we are right now in our own world. It's almost like, you know, a fairy tale, not a fairy tale, some kind of bad dream. I'm, I mean, really. 
And we as the characters living in our own world no longer seem to be in control of our world. You got governments and institutions, even churches, and also including businesses and schools. They're just not functioning as we would expect them to from our inputs. All right? Well, if your input is from a Christian and or patriotic or both, they're unpredictable. And it seems like there's no way to fix it. Nobody knows, you know, they're all throwing their idea, let's pull another idea out of the hat. See, this is the kind of this is the kind of place the world has to be in, and we may see be seeing the emergence of it, where man's mental capacity to deal with any of this is null. All they know is this has got to stop. We got to get back on track. But see, they're guiding us to a new track. They're leading you down a different path, all right? And that path leads to destruction. Jesus says that, two paths, narrow and wide, all right? Wide is the one that most everybody finds and down it to go to destruction. Narrow is the path that leads to him, and few find it. They are so bent on controlling us in every single way absolutely possible. So anyways, say for instance, <laughs> I don't know how exactly it would unfold, but you know, when they talk about the Antichrist, say for instance, this is the situation the world is in. People are at their wits end. Their, their wits end. <sighs> they don't know which way to turn. They don't know how to get food on the table. They don't know how to get here, you know, so forth and so on, whatever it might be. And then this individual comes to the top of the heap and says, hey, you know, here's the answer. And you've been so misdirected, so led down the alternate path, you don't even remember the other path anymore. You don't even remember when you were on the narrow path. And so you just continue with the masses. Mama always used to say, if Johnny jumped off the bridge, would you go with him? In other words, think, man. Think for yourself. <laughs> Going with the crowd isn't necessarily the direction you want to go. But maybe that's what's happening. Maybe that's what has happened. Maybe a group of powerful and wealthy people have decided to change the way our world works. Problem is they neglected to tell us what they plan to do. Maybe these people see themselves as somehow special. The actions and the inputs they can make are, they can change everything. But can, get this, nobody needs to be told or to give their consent. They just do it. Well, we can't read the bill till we pass it. Do you remember that one? That was like one of those moments where I went, are you serious? And the people buy it, which was really more confusing than them saying it. And it seemed like I'm banging my head against the wall, trying to go, yeah, but listen to what they say, you know. In their own minds, they're superior to the rest of us, 
because of, well, I guess <laughs> wishful thinking. The most important part of this shadowy world rearranging group, the most important part that they've neglected is this. The actual creator of the universe they have suddenly decided is their own is still invested in what he created. See, God is apart from it. Even though God is concerned for us and he loves us and everything and Jesus came into the world and so forth and so on, God is above all this petty bickering and all these taken sides. And he's, you know, he's blah, blah, blah. God could care less who wins the Super Bowl, World Series, the whole nine yards. Doesn't care if the North wins or the South. All right? They think that they run the show. And God sits back and laughs. He says that in Scripture. I laugh. I laugh. Johnny Van Zant, he wrote a song. I forget the name of it. Anyways, the one line in the song says, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. My wife and I have learned that very well. So they tried to convince the rest of us that there's no creator. That's part of their scheme. And everything, including us, we're just here by chance. I'd like to think I'm more important than that. I'd like to think, in fact, I do think, that I'm, well, nothing against monkeys, but <laughs> no. See, the, the their way of thinking favors the luck of the draw. This sets up tension. All right? And tension's one of the things that moves the story forward. In the case of these globalists, they're dealing with something they don't believe exists or even that it can exist. Aren't they going to be in the surprise of their lives? Boy, mm-mm, mm-mm, And we can think of this as a second, um, I don't know what to say, second author entering into a, a quote-unquote unfinished manuscript of the original story. But that's not the case. They're trying to make changes to what the original author created. You understand? A character's manipulated, no longer fits into the story. Another must be created, blah, blah, blah. Two separate visions, two separate worlds, two separate outcomes. You got a massive group of nothing less than confused and disoriented characters trying to adapt to an uninvited author modifying the unfinished manuscript. It's crazy. Our world seems to have drifted out of the, the natural realm and into an imaginary twilight zone realm with no vision of what, it, what, it, what was created to become. We lost sight of what God meant us to be. What he, what he desires us, you know, it's just one conflict after another, and that's not God. There is no confusion with God. Everything is right, right, steady, clear-cut. You see, everything is about replacing God, all of it, all of it. But the tension that's created, that is not sustainable. 
They can't go about this lie after lie, day after day, so forth and so on. Sooner or later, I guess I could say maybe, I don't know, the cradle's going to break, all right? The straw that broke the camel's back, all that sort of thing. And unfortunately for these one-worlders, and that includes, you know, the common Joe on the street, the creator God they don't believe exists is not about to abandon his creation to the wannabes. The story we are in begins at the Red Sea in the book of Exodus. The same author who redeemed his creation from Pharaoh is redeeming it from the globalists of today. Thing is, they want to be gods. But they're not ready to pay the price God paid for our redemption through Jesus. You see, their form of salvation and deliverance is here and now. This is not forever, people. This is not forever. They want to be gods. I believe the scripture says, in fact, I know I'm right, so I do believe it. I am the Lord thy God, thou shalt have no other gods before me. There is no other God be, besides God. Not with the big G, let's put it that way, huh? You know, little gods. And not a single one of them would lay their life down for you if it came to that. So there's going to be exposures. There's going to be revelations. There's going to be revealing. The Lord will pull the curtain back. Here it is. And now it's your choice, people, whether you believe it or not. Whether you believe it or not. There's going to be uh, an exodus coming. There's going to be a taken away. You're going to go or you're going to stay? Now people get into that rapture thing, post, mid, whatever, and all that. I'm not getting into that. You might call it a chicken, well, I'm going to say it, a chicken shit answer, but there's going to be a rapture, I don't know when. Because Jesus even said that. They were, you know, pressing him for the answer. He says, only God knows that. I don't even know it. So there you go. But remember something else. Get this, God's word tells us 365 times, once for each day of the year, to fear not. Fear not. Jesus himself spent a lot of time teaching on this very subject. In Luke 12, he said, don't worry about your life, what you will eat, or about the body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They don't sow or reap. They don't have a storeroom or a barn. Yet God feeds them. Aren't you worth much more than the birds? Here we go with the birds again, right? But he goes on to ask the question, Can any of you add a single cubit to his height? or one moment to his life span by worrying. If then you're not able to do even a little thing, 
Why worry about the rest? Don't keep striving for what you should eat and what you should drink, and don't be anxious. For the idolaters eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father, he knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. You see, when we're busy not worrying, hopefully, and we're busy being with God, these other things really don't matter. It, it just happens. It comes to us. Not that we just sit back on our laurels or whatever and go, oh, I don't have to do anything about it. I'm just trying to explain to you, you know, focus, like it says, on the kingdom of God and all things shall be added unto you. There you go. So again, indeed, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, that's in scripture. You know, most of the things we worry so much about, guess what? They never happen. In our world today, there's predictions, a, a cat, catastrophic events coming at us from every direction. Threats of more global tyranny, a total disruption of our food supplies, a quote-unquote great reset of our financial system and everything else. And now we have, well, nothing short of a looming invasion and threats of war. And our country's never been as sick, perverted, and godless as it is today. What a terrible state of affairs we're in to, to face these things. Just like Israel was back in the days. I dare say things have never looked worse for the future of America. God be my witness. So, you know what? The globalists, they're not going to give up. They're digging in deeper to enslave the planet. That's their plan, and that's, that's where they're going. And it's no wonder that people are worrying. But listen, again, please understand something. This world and the things in it and the lifestyles we're used to, please, they should not become where our treasure lies. Fix our hearts and minds on the things above, not earthly, not fleshy desires. Funny thing is, so many people say, they believe in God, and they believe his word. So answer this. Why then do we worry when the cure for this pandemic is so simple? The pandemic of worrying. In Jesus' name, call out the enemy. Call upon the Lord to take this from you, and he'll rescue you. Isaiah 26 says, You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. It's basic principles, folks. Okay? We put our trust in people in this world, and, you know, that, that's, I don't know, how many times have you been let down? How many times do you have to be let down? How many times, you know, how many times over and over? Put our trust in him, guess what? Solid as a rock. We want the perfect peace, the perfect antidote to the pandemic of anxiety. 
So what does the scripture say we must do to obtain that peace? Keep your minds steadfast on the Lord and simply believe and trust him. Jesus himself gave us his promise of peace. In John it says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So we're going to occupy until he returns. And if you're a true believer, then you know you have the very power of God within you. The Holy Spirit lives inside you. And listen, even if you do become a martyr for the cause of Christ in these dark days, while doing your part to see that God's will is done on this earth, well, think about it. What do you have to worry about? Last scripture. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father, which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. That's in Matthew chapter 10. I sure hope you folks enjoyed the show. I uh, so much uh, appreciate and give thanks for your listening and sharing with others. Always remember, share, share, share. You don't want to share the cough. You don't want to share the cold, so forth and so on. But this is definitely something you want to share. Thanks again, everybody. God bless. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. like that. See, I was always kind of busy getting in trouble and talking back. You see, she didn't understand just what I was going through. She was always kind of messing with my plans to do what I want to do. Mama knew life would whoop me. Just trust me, don't you be running wild Cause your granny used to tell me If you spare the rod, you spoil the child And I know you're young now And you think you're bulletproof But you're gonna march to the beat of my drum While you're underneath my roof Mama knew life would work me Mama knew life would whoop me If she didn't 
times I thought I thought my mama was just out to get me Think she's always on my back Or that she's always bound to whip me But I can look back now And I can see nothing but her love That's why God the Father created mamas Before he sent his son